Today is September 9th, 2023. Welcome to Native Calgarian Oki Naganago Mekoche Chestokomaki or Dakotes Nagotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. I honor the Blackfoot as the members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11, which is like, you know, on fire. Um, my people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to as the land of the hair people. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Tene Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name that has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having a Canadian Indian Act imposed status card, which is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2S LGBTQ plus community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, impose poverty, racism, gender violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share my journey as I walk it. As a Dene woman who has attempted to run, joined harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions, just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow for the incarceration and denial of justice, denial of health services, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have worked to continue, reports to advocate for, and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today, and I hope we honour the many Indigenous lives lost for the so-called country named Canada. I hope you all see your role in the importance of stopping harm, and as a citizen, see your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. Pride Month should never just be one month, as it is important to understand that the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on these lands by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as the guest, as you are a guest, and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner, again, in the so-called time of reconciliation. It's important land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all to introduce themselves with acknowledgement of their ancestors, story of displacement, how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement so that we as Indigenous peoples know how safe you are to be around. Please let your land acknowledgement evolve. Um, if you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nations names, won't say your pronouns, won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, econo imposed economic oppression, your role in reconciliation, I determine how, you say, how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately starts to address 
colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Jesse Winty's book Unreconciled explains it perfectly, as do many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism. And it would be a part of settler understanding of treaty partnership, meaningful reconciliation, and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are now Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Good Stony, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations of the Stony Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands all non-Indigenous or treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for already showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. You know, and I'll just throw this out. I got a wonderful private message on TikTok about, uh, you know, it coming up to Truth and Reconciliation Week and wanting to give a shout out to Native Calgarian in their in their list of things that of resources. And uh, it was kind of them to reach out. But please know if you're listening to this right now, um, you know, I, I wish you would all share it. And I wish you would all endorse it. And I wish you would share it as resources. Because at the end of the day, um, Indigenous voices matter. And if people are following me, especially on my different social media platforms, then they'll also see other uh, content creators that I try to uh, share and give a, a little extra shout out to. So um, please know that I appreciate that message. And I'll just throw it out there for Truth and Reconciliation Week, because my last episode with Christina, I think would be a really wonderful one for anyone who focuses on TRC 57, which is anti-racism training and Indigenous education, because here you have two urban Indigenous women just casually speaking about the everyday racism and the uh, faults of this diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, model that's going around that really doesn't come from that uh, decolonizing lens to begin with. So, you know, I, I hope that people use those types of uh, podcasts to help educate other people. And, um, you know, I really hope that we can dissect things like oppression dynamics or whichever that people don't understand. Uh, so this weekend that I'm having is the weekend after Pride in Calgary. So uh, I had some really interesting conversations at Pride, after Pride, that I just thought I would share. Um, Thursday, I went down to Cardston and picked up one of our little uh, queerlings and uh, so that my my child would have their, their friend with them. Um, and we went to the Trans and Dyke March on Saturday. 
so when we got there, um, <laughs> we were like one of the first people there. I, I, I was there a half an hour early, unfortunately, but we ended up meeting more and more people and it was absolutely lovely. So, um, and then just as we were about to get started, there were two fellows that were there to cause trouble. And uh, for those of you who watched my TikTok, I did post a video of it. It's actually gotten quite a few um, views because the police did intercede. And um, <laughs> I did a, a TikTok immediately um, after like that evening to kind of talk about what I had seen and, and why I was upset. And um, it and that actually resulted in a little bit of fallout with Calgary police and uh, had to have a couple of coffees with a few of them to talk about uh, systemic issues and, and uh, systemic problems with institutions. Yeah, I thought I had made it pretty clear that I was calling out the city of Calgary for forcing Calgary Pride to have um, permits and forcing them to have the Calgary police. So with that permit in order to get the permit. So uh, it was interesting having a little uh, after conversation with some of the police that were, they were concerned I was mad at them. And, uh, you know, it. I will always be mad at every institution until they uh, take all the calls to justice and all the calls to action and properly implement them and respect UNDRIP. And that's, that's not a Calgary police issue. That's an everybody issue. It bothers me that the money from the uh, federal government that's finally going into a small bit of infrastructure for the 2SLGBTQ plus community is just basically being refunneled into a police budget, which, um, which is why I got a little angry because when we were interacting with these police, they talked about how, you know, their resources were so stretched and I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> we're paying for this at so many levels. And on top of that, you guys have the biggest police budget ever anyway. This whole concept of defunding police has never been fully realized or implemented in any capacity and worse because it's all going towards justice. Um, you know, we don't have housing. We don't have mental health housing. Once upon a time, we did. And I remember when Ralph Klein made, made devastating cuts to our mental health infrastructure. And now we have a gross amount of people on the streets and everybody's blaming Justin Trudeau as if this wasn't an issue that hasn't been happening over the course of the last, you know, in, for Indigenous people, it's been over 150 years of being displaced, of uh, trauma, uh, white supremacy trauma being forced upon our people and then not having proper cultural supports um it's it's just so damn depressing that folks don't understand these key concepts so anyway uh back to pride and and the and the structure of money um and how it's invested like it is all invested into justice and into police budgets and uh so of course it's not going into the social infrastructure we actually need uh so that i was i was quite upset about that i was quite upset that uh you know the city of calgary um claims to be an ally but yet if you're an ally why are you forcing the police and forcing such extreme uh permits anyway so yeah that was a little bit of that conversation so i had also shared a picture of the two folks that were harassing the trans and dyke march and i put that out there for folks to try to id but it is pretty clear that people are protecting these two. Um, 
it was ironic because the uh, fellow uh, on the right of this picture that I shared, he's a brown man with um, some, it's not a, a, a true turban and it's not, um, anyway, just cloth wrapped around his head. And uh, anyway, he has tattoos on his forearm and he was holding a Quran, but his friend, you know, holding a sign and they were both um, more talking about Christian talking points. I have it on video for folks who are interested in seeing that on my TikTok. I had one lead that the Brown fellow works at a tip top in Sunridge, but uh, when I went there, there was only women working there. So, and uh, it's not really for me to, I, I would never, I'm not that person that would go into a store and be like, you're the guy, you know, I can't do things like that. <laughs> but if I, if I did see him, Absolutely. I would tell the police because the police, uh, you know, would like to talk to these two fellows because uh, that was part of the conversation that we had that they were concerned that I was mad at them when I was just mad at how the budget allocation was going. And it was funny because my friend, he was like, he goes, this, he was pointing to my TikTok. This is not the Michelle I know. And I was laughing because I'm like, no, that's mad Michelle. You don't get mad Michelle. You have a gun. <laughs> Anyway, I don't think I said it like that, but you know what I mean. Um, so anyway, that is up on on the TikTok for folks who are interested to learn about that. Uh, when I uh, first got there, I, I had volunteered with, uh, there's a, a fellow that's hired by the Calgary police, who is a, one of our bears. Uh, so a bear for folks who don't know, is, uh, you know, a big gay man. And um, some big gay men identify as bears not everybody does I don't want to assume I'll do but this one does and uh, he had a, um, a survey about community safety in Calgary Pride so I was one of the volunteers that uh, went kind of to folks and asked them if they would take the survey and I posted it on social media for some of the folks who um, weren't going to go to Pride because of you know the private security the police and or just the white supremacist atmosphere in general. So uh, that that is up there for folks who care about that. Um, so that kind of started me uh, for for the Sunday for the for the Pride Parade itself. And I worked my way to the front because I wanted to say hi to all the marshals. And it was very tense. You know, it's always tense at the start of a Pride. Um, but then who shows up but our friend Larry Heather. Everyone in Calgary knows who Larry Heather is. Uh, for folks who don't know, he's an extreme Christian. Um, he, run, he always runs for the Christian Heritage Party. And he basically tell he is the guy who tells everyone in Calgary that, you know, any natural disaster is because we allow the gays. Um, you know, we're all sinners we're all going to hell and and he means it for everyone and especially at a gay pride parade so um i had uh posted a video of him and his friend who was on a bike you know in their christian hate speech so that's there but at that time there was only one police officer and he was just like just don't engage just don't engage and it's like so upset i'm like dude you have to understand like this is what you guys are literally paid for to keep these bigots a hundred meters away from from us as people so eventually they did arrest him and that video has gotten quite a few views that one might be one of my biggest tiktoks yet but regardless um as soon as they let him go 
uh, he went to City Hall where he continued his hate speech. So that was super depressing. But at least there is a video of Le Larry Heather getting uh, arrested. And that made a few of the queers quite happy when they seen that. So I was happy for that as well. And then, of course, I just showed uh, how big the, the parade itself is because it is huge. The staging area is huge. And this was kind of already a lot of people had already left already. Um, so I marched with the Liberal Party. Um, my daughter or my child, uh, you know, marched with USA, and there was over 200 floats and we waited there for hours. <laughs> we finally went and it was just like, it was so rough, like you ran, you literally ran. I couldn't believe how fast the, um, the pace was, how many other ones that we've like, you know, kind of stopped and slowly were able to shake hands and say hello to folks, but not this, this year, it was just like freaking run. <laughs> so uh, my feet were killing me by the end of the day. Um, and then we, we left, um, took C train down, took C train back and headed, headed home, excuse me. So it, it was, uh, it was fun. It's always fun to see lots of folks. Um, there were folks that were there that I wanted to say hi to that I never got an opportunity to, but I did, uh, see, um, Jody, St uh, Stonehouse, Callahoo and, uh, and Brooks, Arcan, both are the Indigenous people that were elected through the NDP. So it was nice to see them and say hello and can say congratulations. And I, I hope that I wish them well, always, of course. Um, so a big thing that's happening right now is uh, Camp Mercedes and uh, Camp Morgan that's still at Winnipeg right now, asking the provincial government to search the landfill. I think it's really important that people understand the gravity of that. I think most people do, but yet, obviously, the politicians are not feeling the pressure to force the issue, so they obviously don't feel that strongly about it. Um, and you know, I just have to give a shout out to um, our one of our local uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two Spirit leaders here in Calgary. Her name is Josie Nipponak. Um, she has always carried Tanya Nipponak's poster uh, at all of our Sisters in Spirit vigils because that's her niece. And her niece was killed in Winnipeg and believed to be in the, in the landfill. And of course, that's very close to our heart here in Calgary because the same thing happened to Joey English. And it was interesting when I was marching with uh, one of the liberals had said to me, like, why don't we just make this a priority? Uh, not just for Indigenous people, but for everybody. Like, how how are people, literal people, getting in our landfills? And uh, I, I said, yeah, I, I, you would think this is like, you know, an easy, easy policy win for politicians nationally to get on board with, but apparently it isn't. And what's so ironic, and folks, this is the funniest thing, in, in Calgary, I'm a part of the neighborhood that had the pilot project for the blue green and black bins the different trash cans and it's just so ironic because here you know they're always going through our garbage and and letting us know if you know there's a loose plastic bag or whatever i made the mistake of calling the other day because they didn't do a pickup and they never left one of those pieces of paper that said you know this this or that 
So I make the complaint and sure enough, they came that afternoon and gave me um, a pamphlet that said, here's how to use your bins with uh, one of the new things that said uh, a circle around uh, whatever, a loose bag or something. And I was like, passive aggressive much. But it's so ironic that they can go through my garbage and find the smallest detail not to pick up my garbage, but they can't find human remains in, in these bins. Uh, you know, it's really hard not to see it as a conspiracy. So anyway, um, so today is Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday uh, is our book club where we actually do the pathways to justice through the government of Alberta's lens. Josie Nippenak was a part of that as well. Uh, she was also one of the folks that has, uh, you know, was a part of this pathways to justice. So anyway, I am, I'm hoping that we can um, get some information from this, maybe encourage my Alberta folks that are listening. If you got an NDP or if you have a UCP, either or write your MLAs. I, I would love to hear if they know of the 113 pathways to justice and how, if they've read it, if they plan on implementing it. Um, because I, I really do think that this is just yet another report that's kind of going to go to the wayside unless Albertans push it and Albertans aren't pushing it. And we have issues of like the landfill happening in Winnipeg, but it's actually a national problem. So it, I need people to start putting these pieces together and start working on solutions. Um, anyway, if you follow me, you know that uh, the Reconciliation Action Group is a group that I support. They meet Sundays or every other Sunday at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you a part of that. So please message us if you'd like to be a part of it. Uh, right now they're working on a waffle and uh, the funds and proceeds hopefully will go to the, uh, any legal funds for Reclaim Awaton as Reclaim Awaton tries to do what they had to do before. So I'm gonna give a little history of Awaton Healing Lodge. It is uh, a women's shelter that was founded by Ruth Scalplock. Ruth Scalplock was given the name Awuton, and, and that means shield woman. She was given that and gave it to the shelter that was done through ceremony. And it's been running for what the last 25, 30 years now. And so that, that was a really proud moment. Uh, I, I don't know how long ago, uh, maybe 10 years ago, there was a, a board that came and needed to be fired. So somebody like Dr. Linda Miniguns got involved with a few others and got that board eliminated and a new one put into place. And the bylaws say that you need to have at least 50% Indigenous people on the board. And most recently, they have not done that. And a bunch of us tried to put our memberships through and were rejected. Uh, most recently, uh, the Sisters and Spirit Vigil that happens every October 4th is usually done by grass, grassroots folks. And uh, yeah, we haven't been reached out to. So we've been trying to figure out how to uh, go about this. I have meetings at seven for folks who are interested in uh, the planning part of it. But the truth is, is that um, a lot of folks are really afraid right now. So folks who may not understand why. In the Indigenous world, if you start speaking out of, out of turn too much, 
you are are blacklisted. You're not called upon. And a lot of people are afraid of even me because I'm I'm quite open and honest about what I see. And um, a lot of nonprofits, you know, very much filled with racist people, but they get their funding anyway, (laughs) because the funders are racist people. And uh, so we as Indigenous people over over decades have watched how we get pushed out of uh, positions, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of people will say to my face, well, we have to be neutral. But as we all know, neutrality always uh, benefits the oppressor. So that's kind of where we're at, where a lot of folks are just afraid to identify as part of the Sisters in Spirit Committee. And uh, unfortunately, because of the uh, overrepresented non-Indigenous board, like I, I feel awful for the couple of Indigenous people on that board because you know they must be silenced after what we've seen them do to other boards, kick them off, et cetera. Uh, board members, I should say, get kicked off. Um, so I, I have a, a pocket of women who are too upset, uh, too hurt by the actions that have happened from the board. And uh, as a result, they, they can't uh, go to the October 4th march, which I totally understand. Um, so from my point of view, I obviously want to help those who cannot attend. So creating either um, a different march at a different time, a different vigil at a different time. That's those are things we're working on. And, and there's a couple of committee members, of course, I won't name because I haven't got their permission to. I, those are the folks that I really want to um, work with to make sure. So most likely what will happen is I will open up my backyard for a sacred fire for that day. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if what we can do, because it's uh, already into September. September and for folks who are who just can't look at those board members and all of the government agencies that will support them you know they'll need a a safer space to be and for some people that won't be my backyard but for some people it will be and I just want to throw that out there for my listeners if you are a family member of missing and murdered Indigenous women girls in two-spirit and uh, you just want a, a quiet place to go hook me up we'll we'll make it happen because I know unfortunately how few places we have in the city for a sacred fire and uh you know I'm tired of our people who haven't the inherent right to have them being denied this so we'll go from there so uh wanted to throw that out there for folks you know you can follow you can support there's I've given out emails on how to support for that um I want to say I give another shout out to Tyler Shipley for his great course that he he put out this summer. It was nine weeks, and his book is about uh, Canada's settler colonialism around the world. And it was a really refreshing uh, perspective lens to look at Canada's role in our military actions and why. Um, of course, all rooted in capitalism and Canadian companies making money, and unfortunately, a lot of violence associated with it. And yeah, it's, it's very difficult to be a proud Canadian after reading a book like that or, or watching his um, nine-week course that he was kind enough to put out there. He's a prof. So for folks who are interested, you know, Tyler Shipley's book on uh, Canada's settler colonialism, highly recommend it. So 
uh, we also had overdose day on August 31st and, you know, always disappointing to, to see the stigmatized rhetoric around drug use. Uh, even for myself, my Narcan videos on my TikTok still get comments from uh, really ignorant people with ignorant comments about, wow, we know what you're using it for, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't care. But at the end of the day, the stigma stigma towards drug users is just ramping up and I see it more and more. And what's really depressing, uh, Jennifer, uh, Jeremy Apple is with uh, a, a group called the Orchid and he had done a, a piece and it wasn't through the Orchid. It was, geez, it was a different, different article. I've been sharing it anyway. So our past guest, Ewan Thompson, who's, he uh, does a lot of advocacy for folks who use drugs and as a business owner problems that he's seeing obviously strong on harm reduction uh, for folks who've listened to previous podcasts you've heard him speak about this already anyway it turns out that uh, he calls it being virtually frisked because uh, the Calgary police had done a, a search on him and uh, so he's been really encouraging other people who are advocates to do a FOIP for themselves to see what it is that the Calgary police have done for, for each person. And, and uh, for folks who don't know, Indigenous people, we have no rights. Uh, I've done a book in the past about uh, policing Indigenous movements. And um, so I know, for me, I, I would probably have a long list in there. And even though I tried to help them because I'm still involved in activism, I'm sure they have to look at me with a bit of skepticism, unfortunately. And, you know, that that's just how it is being Indigenous. And that's why in my uh, exit, you hear me talk about, uh, as Indigenous people, our rights, our vigils, our protests are always uh, scrutinized by police, because they are. And there's a long history of it, reports of it, uh, books on it. So it's just ignorance at this point for Canadians not to know about it. So, uh, but when it, it's done to a white male with a DR in front of his name, usually people pay attention more. So I'm hoping people will, but it's hard to tell. Uh, the algorithms of social media and the algorithms of news has become so right wing. And uh, I think a lot of my friends who advocate for human rights are, are really feeling silenced. I know many times I certainly am, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously that's not going to stop me. And I think that you know, folks who are listening right now, that's why you listening is so important. And I, I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, just go over to uh, his sign up for drug data decoded.ca and he has an email list that he puts out there and it's absolutely fabulous i also follow him on twitter and if you follow my previous podcast with him on it that those links are on there as well so highly recommend that uh, folks have a look at that so uh, some book clubs that are coming up. I just picked up Peace and Good Order, The Case for Indigenous Justice for our October book club. I'm really excited to read Harold Johnson's book uh, for November 13th, a report to guide the implementation of a national action plan on violence against women and gender-based violence. And again, 
you know, I'm going to be looking at through the lens that, you know, we can listen to the Indigenous people in the National Inquiry. So, you know, this is like a whitewashed version of it. But for the December 11th, Making Space for Indigenous Feminism, edited by Joyce Green. And of course, the uh, tomorrow's and November's, like these are free open to the public uh, reports that anyone can download. So uh, please do. And I'd love to hear about a reconciliation um, initiatives happening in your area. Uh, one of the things that uh, you hear me say at the start is the September 22nd date for Treaty 7. Well, the University of Calgary has uh, a panel and guest speaker coming up for that day. So I had shared that. Um, and But obviously with Truth and Reconciliation Week coming up, um, I, I think I'm fully booked. I might not be, but um, pretty booked. So even if I... I, I don't know how many more bookings I could take right now, but that's okay. My bigger picture is that I want to hear from you about maybe something that you had seen or heard that maybe helped change your perspective on your treaty partnership or your reconciliation relationship. I'd love to hear from you about what is hitting the mark and what isn't. Uh, so for example, for Pride, I was just talking to a family member and uh, it was interesting how offended they seem to be about certain things. But, <laughs> you know, right now I'm getting updates straight from the uh, con conservative convention and they just passed at least two anti-trans uh, bills that that are uh, policies, resolutions that came up. So, yeah, I know that that doesn't necessarily mean that'll be a part of their party platform, but what it does is it just amplifies that hate, that anti-trans hate. And I, I'm just so disappointed with how Canadians seem to be falling for the rhetoric. Like I, I hear what people are saying. And, you know, I, as an Indigenous woman, I would never tell a Black person that, uh, you know, their experience doesn't matter. Like that's an intersectional issue that of not acknowledging anti-Black um, a rhetoric, society norms, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, I really wish that people would start supporting each other on these issues because we're really in dangerous times. Please remember the Nazis legitimately went after the 2S LGBTQ plus community first, right? They, they put pink triangles on them as well. So I want people to be thinking about that when we attack disability with this pandemic that's happening and everybody becoming very ableist and tired of masks and tired of shots. Well, think of all the people who are immune compromised around you and you're just absolutely gaslighting their experience in this world. Anyway, really appreciate everyone who listens to me. I'm really proud that this podcast has given solutions and cultural safety training, cultural first aid, and all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, and 2SLGBTQ plus to speak. Thank you to author Chelsea Branch, Cheryl Ward, and Alicia Fritkin of heretohelp.bc.ca. They have a wonderful section on what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. Their work are those cultural action tools, so please support Indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat it here. Internalized racism or lateral violence or internal, like for folks who don't understand oppression dynamics, this is the most important conversation, especially if you are identifying as Indigenous, marginalized in any 
capacity as queer, lesbian, whatever, if you don't understand internalized racism, oppression dynamics, then you are perpetuating it. Even if you do identify as one of the most marginalized people, if you're not addressing your anti-trans, anti-Black, um, ableist understandings of life, you are still perpetuating that violence. And you know, for me, I am seeing a lot more Indigenous people just not understand this concept and silencing other Indigenous people. And of course, that's what the structure of racism wants and wins. Again, if you are neutral, then you are on the side of the oppressor, oppressor every time, every time. So go to racialequitytools.org, give a little um, donation if you can, that they have tons of resource files and a great section on internalized racism. And uh, again, if you're identifying as, you know, Indigenous, Native, anything, just start to learn about that oppression dynamic. Because if you don't, then you are perpetuating the oppressor's will. Uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee, AFSC.org. If you go there, they have some great information about what to do in case you see, you know, a Muslim woman being harassed on the sea train, or maybe an Indigenous person being harassed. Anyway, I wish anyone who followed me on my social medias would, would take the time to go to a YouTube link that I have given many times for the anti-racism organizational lead of the city of Calgary. It's a presentation on a journey of becoming an anti-racist leader. It's a great, I think it's 90 minutes, maybe not even 60 minutes, worth watching. I also have in my link tree, uh, gogetfunding.com, uh, bail funds, legal support for Taylor McNally, one of our local Calgary Black Lives Matter activists. Uh, Adora Nofor is also being legally targeted, so you can do a donation there. And they, they were actually uh, one of our parade marshals so for Calgary Pride, which was absolutely wonderful. So anyway, Indigenous people, myself, have been talking about these issues, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions, and in public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded, no more. Honor our words, honor the treaties, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize marginalized people in their budget with gender equity plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs, uh, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, so in this case now today, the conservative party is attacking trans rights, uh, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities, know that your vote is directly harming people. I demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now the 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Provincially in Alberta, the Kenny government created 113 pathways to justice, so everyone should be asking their MLAs what's going on. Uh, the Premier's Council on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, they haven't really put out a lot, so I'd love to hear. Anyway, municipally, we also have the White Goose Flying Report. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in every institution with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. 
if they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs. So kind of go backing to what I was saying about understanding these issues of oppression dynamics. At the end of the day, uh, these are, you know, protected under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And it is a sad, sad time when the average Canadian doesn't know that. If you watch some of my TikToks, it was actually the rhetoric coming from the uh, bigots and the harassers were actually American-styled uh, talking points, not referencing the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but talking about the American Constitution. And they got called out for it in the comments, so don't get me wrong. But I, I am really sad that the Conservative Party of Canada is fueling this hate and rhetoric. And I've had people say things to me like, oh, we shouldn't have special rights. It's not special rights, it's equal rights. And for folks to not understand that we don't have equal rights shows their privilege and their ignorance. So anyway, um, there's wonderful articles about how to become allies with Indigenous people. All you have to do is Google them. Uh, I also want to raise awareness to aboriginalalert.ca. You can actually sign up to find out about uh, anyone who's Indigenous who goes missing. And we also have the Missing Children's Society of Canada. Stephanie Harp was actually telling me that they were trying to get uh, them to understand Indigenous people enough to add them to their, their app. Anyway, we did talk about the womenshomelessness.ca statement that came out around Christmas that demand an urgent action to protect the lives of Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit, and gender-diverse people experiencing homelessness. Obviously, we have a drug crisis, a drug poisoning issue, and uh, the rhetoric that's coming from Alberta is, is killing people at the end of the day because it's, it's bigger than just, you know, harm reduction doesn't work. One, it does, but two, we don't have the infrastructure, the social infrastructure for housing, for recovery, for non-Christian recovery. And now, of course, we're going into uh, police, forced policed uh, addiction, which we know will kill even more people in the end because the moment they get out, uh, one, they won't be housed, and two, they're going to go straight back into addiction and likely die after, uh, you know, being clean and then getting most likely a toxic drug. Anyway, if you are using substances, do not use alone. If you are using alone, there is the National Overdose Response Service at 188-688-NORS. You can also download the Braves or Doors app. There's also one called Lifeguard. I don't know how effective they are, but for God's sakes, don't die. You matter too much to somebody. Um, if you're experiencing emotional distress after anything I've talked about today, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also text at hopeforwellness.ca. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit, you can call 844 413-6649. There's also a 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta at ssisa.ca. Indian Residential School Survivor Family Hotline is 
925-4419. The Native Youth Crisis Hotline is 1877-209-1266. And for non-Indigenous, there's usually a distress center line in your area, possibly a functioning 211, or you can call 833-456-4566 or text at 45645. And if you go to crisis services, Canada.ca. There's even more. Kids Help Phone 1 800 668 6868. The following are two SLGBTQ crisis support lines available in most areas in Canada. You can go to lifevoice.ca. Trans Lifeline is 877 330 6366. The Trevor Project uh, has the youth line at 866 844 7386. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation faces it. This is my self-care, how I take my power back. This is why I started the podcast, to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear an Indigenous woman speak, but they sure like to tell us what they think, even though if they know nothing about us as Indigenous people, colonialism, the constant surveillance of our people, protests, vigils, and rights, I and many others share microaggressions daily so it's just unacceptable learn about being trauma informed this is part of those oppression dynamics folks if you are putting down black lives matter pride parades <laughs> pride community it's about being trauma informed and dealing with internalized oppression dynamics folks there's no nice way to say it other than that um folks like me are dealing with internalized racism gatekeepers you know, folks that survive off the status quo, folks who are so in their trauma that they really um, hurt other people, hurt people, hurt people, as we all know. Internal and external racism is everyday reality. And I want to say thank you, though, to my ancestors, to my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. See, you called while I was talking here. I can't wait to talk to you. Uh, I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots. And we, we were doing the demographics and we've seen that we have a few folks from Austria listening and following. So shout out to you guys. I don't know if it's because I keep saying that or what, <laughs> but I know it's only a couple of you. So uh, anyway, there's, there's no big secrets here from Austria to Canada, other than uh, some of your people are, are really great. And I love strudel. And I miss schnitzel, and I wish that I had more time with my family, but we are where we are. Anyway, it is through her being the first, you know, generation Canadian and landing in Calgary that I am a proud second generation Calgarian. Um, but if you're actually non-Indigenous, I do not recommend you saying you're a proud native Calgarian because I will make fun of you relentlessly. Anyway, thank you to my husband, Darcy for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband my childhood friend father of our child and support down my journey of the red road he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism and to our child we are so blessed to learn from you and we are we are so blessed that you chose us and that we get to learn from you daily you give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person and I hope that my daughter or my child and, and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues. 
anyway, my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to the previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you. And I just want to say again to all the folks who sent me private messages or tagged me in photos, especially for Pride, you know, I, I love that and I, I appreciate it. It's really humbling. I get a few folks who will just come to my face and tell me they listen. And uh, it's, it's very humbling. I'm always shocked that people want to listen, but I'm grateful for the folks who take the time to. So if you made it this far today, thank you again for listening. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgary.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And um, I want to end by giving a side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not traditional. And my beautiful cousin once responded, or you'd be in my dish. So thank you again, folks. And uh, one other thing I'd like to say is that it's not that I don't want to, you know, text with you or DM with you all day long. It's that I don't have the capacity. So if you're one of those folks that are like, oh my God, I tried to reach out to Michelle, but she got mad at me that I don't listen to the podcast. You need to respect my boundaries too. I only have so much I can give in a day. And, um, you know, I, I have to balance my life. And if you can't be bothered to listen to my podcast, to learn about Indigenous issues, if you can't be bothered to go to the book club, if you can't be bothered to be a part of the Reconciliation Action Group, that's where my time has to go. I wish I had more time to give to other people, but I, I have a million things going on in my life that I can't even talk about on the podcast on a regular basis. So um, please don't see it as a personal attack that I said no. And uh, I know you're probably really used to people uh, pleasing, but I, I'm not that person. And a lot of folks make a lot of money off of, you know, sharing culture. And, and I don't believe in doing that unless you're an Indigenous person. And then that would be more one-on-one -on -one and more in person, as opposed to, you know, putting it out on here for some person to steal, as we have seen so many people do and then claim to be our allies and properly credit or pay our own people. I know a person who just was making fun of an elder for wanting payment for a meeting, but you have to understand, like, some of our, our elders are coming, they're driving over an hour and a half to come to the town. So respect people's time and, and understand where we're coming from when we say no sometimes. Anyway, uh, I have a website for that reason. If you really need me, you know, I, I'll be happy to try to meet with you. But um, yeah, there's been quite a few people who are reaching out to me. Uh, you're welcome to use my podcast. You're welcome to use my talking points and TikTok, however that works. So anyway, thanks folks for listening. Always appreciate it. Bye.